Hi. Wow. Like every event should be in a dome, right? Isn't it just way cooler to be in a dome better than like some hotel? Thanks for having me. I'm really, really excited to be here. Came over from Boston in the States. And I'm going to talk to you about AI bullshit, basically. Uh, I think there's a bunch of bullshit today in the AI and tech world and in the marketing world. One of the things we all know is that marketers and CMOs have more and more spending power than ever. They're going to surpass the CIO in terms of spending power, which is cool. I just worry that marketers are going to become CIOs and stop doing marketing and get obsessed with technology. So I want to talk about how to find the right balance between marketing and technology. This is me, younger, thinner, more hair. Uh, this is me in sixth grade. And that is when I first got exposed to like AI, VR, kind of the new round of technology that we're in today, which is in itself funny. So I grew up in rural part of the States, had to drive a couple hours to get to the nearest museum, that kind of thing. So I was at this science museum. I was in a VR simulator that looked just like this. And I was like, this is amazing. I was like, when I'm like in high school, this is going to be everywhere and life is going to be incredible. And that turned out to be total bullshit, right? Like we still really don't have great VR. We still really don't have so much. And it's like, wow, the, the promises and how they keep being under delivered has just been immense over the past couple decades. Then if I fast forward the same kind of situation into my life at HubSpot, so we have millions of people who read our blogs at HubSpot, and we want to provide them a better and better experience. And so we're like, oh, great. We found a company that had some cool um, AI technology. They were going to help us do really personalized content recommendations for all of our blog readers at scale. And it was going to be sweet. We were going to get better engagement. We were going to get better, better user acquisition. It was going to be awesome. And the reality is, like, the promise was, like, this didn't happen at all because we thought we were going to spend, like, 20 grand. It was going to take a month to kind of get this technology up and running. It wasn't going to be too painful. And we'd get, at a bare minimum, like, a 5% improvement over, like, our baseline metrics. We thought we were going to get way more than that. But the reality is, like, 5% would make it worth it. The reality is it took way more money, way more time. It didn't work at all. Like it basically was in the statistical margin of error for performance. So you do all of this for essentially zero gain. And I'm in the business of major gain, not like on the margin gain. So this was pretty, pretty frustrating. And it turns out that even in my older state, I am still learning about this whole space and learning when to adopt technology, when to leverage technology, and when not to. And that's what I want to talk to you guys about today. It's going to be a lot of fun. That being said, technology and AI, you can't ignore it because it does have very valuable implications and it's going to in the future. The challenge is you have to know when to take advantage. So I think Gartner does a good job with their hype curve. So we're going to kind of use it as a framework for our talk today. And I'm an early adopter. I love to use shit like right when it comes out. And it turns out in marketing technology, that is not always the best thing to do. And so if you think about it, we're here in a lot of the AI space right now. Tons of media coverage, tons of investment, a big first wave of startups and innovation. We're just starting to get to the point where, oh, you're getting some negativity in the press, some kind of, oh, maybe AI isn't everything it cracked up to be. The reality is it takes a long time for technology to develop. 
And technology is far more linear. It's the media, it's the rest of us that blow cycles kind of out of proportion. It's us who get so excited about technology, myself included. The reality is though, you want to invest like right here. Like that is the optimal point for investment because just when you think all hope is lost is normally the best time to start going. Because even though the media hype cycles run through, everybody who's been working on technology doesn't stop writing code, doesn't start getting, stop getting better just because the media is saying a different thing. And so if you are looking to invest, you want to kind of think about the timeline you're looking to invest. The flip side of that is that there's always a first mover advantage. Like I think back to 2007 when I joined Twitter and Twitter was basically like group chat in 2007. There was like a handful of people on it. So it's super easy for somebody like me to have tens of thousands of followers because I started way earlier. If I, jo if I joined Twitter today, I'd probably have like a thousand followers. And it's, it's, there's, a, there's an inherent first mover advantage to everything. It just turns out if you move too early, you waste a lot of time and a lot of cycles like I've done, and I'm trying to help everybody in this room, all the marketers in this room, not make, the, make those same mistakes. The reality is you have to adopt soon enough, like in that trough of despair, because performance always degrades over time, right? The first banner ad on the internet had a 78% click-through rate. Like that, I would, that, that, that it seems unimaginable considering most banner ads have, you know, a tenth of a percent click-through rate or worse. Like that is crazy. It's because there weren't very many banner ads. And as more marketers adopt things, the performance gets commoditized down to an average. That's why you see email click-through rates where they are, right? Everybody's email click-through rate in this room is probably within a, like a point or two of each other. But if you were doing email in the first couple years of email, wow, there were wild swings, wild upside. And so you want to make enough advancements fast enough and want to invest right at the right time so that you're able to take advantage of as much of that early first mover advantage as possible without wasting a bunch of upfront time and cycles that is super easy to do when you have new technology. Now Ben's begs the question like how do we know where we are in a cycle? And so when I think about AI, I think about this. On the far reaching aspects of AI, you have the general AI, that is like the promise of like minority report, how we think about the very futuristic end of AI, broad sweeping use cases of AI, it's way out there. That's still, I believe, years and years away. Then you have kind of deep AI, right? So you've got things like Deep Dream and Watson that are doing broad, broader use case AI and learning, and that technology is doing some interesting stuff, but I think it's still a little far away out for most marketers today. I think if you're a marketer right now, you want to focus on kind of the beginning part of this, the narrow AI landscape. So very, very focused use cases. We heard the last speaker talk a little bit about chatbots, natural language processing, making your chatbot smarter, for example. That's an awesome use case that is narrow, that's focused, that I think we have the technology today to do fairly well. And that's areas where we want to invest. I don't think you as a marketer, as a CMO can say, oh, I'm going to transform my marketing with AI. I think what you can say is I'm going to transform one of my strategic efforts with AI. I think that's the scale and scope we're at today. So at the foundation of this narrow, more focused AI, you have a few technologies. You've got natural language processing, neural networks, and machine learning.
We're going to talk about a couple of them. And you see those across most of the major consumer technology companies today. You've got Amazon Alexa's probably the most visible source of natural language processing being used today by consumers. You've got Facebook using neural networks, Netflix using machine learning for recommendations. So we go back to the hype cycle. This is kind of where I think those different technologies, the narrow AI focus, it's where they are kind of at a more granular level. I think the market overall is kind of in that peak to trough of delusionment stage. But neural networks are a little bit earlier. They're starting to get hyped up. NLP has had its hype cycle, and you could argue is at the peak or just off the peak of its hype cycle. And machine learning, which has, I think, been around a little longer, people a little more familiar with it, it's becoming more real, and it's kind of actually out of the hype cycle. I think you hear a lot less about it these days. So diving into a couple of these. So neural networks. I think for marketers, if you're a marketer today, neural networks have two cool use cases that you will use today and in the future. One is language translation. I think this is a very prime example. I'm in one of the countries in the world where folks speak the most diversity of languages. And if you are marketing in Europe or in Asia, in most parts of this world, you need language translation and localization to scale your marketing. And it is a huge, huge pain point in manual process right now for marketers. And I think AI and technology will help us drastically improve in this area over the next several years. The other thing that I think is going to have a lot of application is you know, kind of facial recognition. You're seeing that used very commonly right now on Facebook, right, where they're able to know who's in your picture and be able to auto-tag those for, for, for folks. I think you're going to be able to use things like facial recognition for, for customization, better mobile experiences. I think there's going to be some cool opportunities out there if you're a marketer. And these are more short-term than I think a lot of the other implications of AI. The other big thing for marketers, natural language processing, a couple use cases. One, chatbots. Talk about that briefly. I think there's some real opportunities with chatbots. I'll give you, give you a quick example. The other thing is voice search. One thing I try to do, and this is my pro tip for all of you, is to get out of the hype cycle on anything and look at the financials. Understand where people are putting their money, where companies are investing R&D money. And if you look at and talk to a lot of folks at Google, at Amazon, you know where they're putting all of their money in? Voice. There's a massive, massive investment happening right now. In a very short period of time, AWS is going to have a really robust voice platform that tons of startups and companies are going to iterate and develop on to build really great narrow use case applications for marketers. It's going to be awesome. I think we have a big opportunity there. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Talking a little bit more about chatbots, one of the things that we've seen is that consumer behavior has changed dramatically. You know, this is how consumers prefer, not are okay with, but prefer, their preferred method of engagement. And 48% of consumers that we surveyed uh, in a global survey of about 3,000 people wanted chatbots as their preferred method of consumer engagement. And that just would have been at zero like five years ago. It's a massive change, massive opportunity. Phone, email, those channels are still important. But wow, we're seeing chat and chatbots really scale up. We've been doing chat on our website at HubSpot for about four and a half years now. And it works really well. Like, it works awesomely. We get 20% more qualified opportunities from chat than like anywhere else. Those leads close at a huge rate for us. It's a really valuable channel. 
The thing is, when you get started in chat, you realize that there's a broad use case of reasons why people come to your website. They want help, they want support, they want a bunch of things. And the more you're able to use chatbots to automate that, and the more we've been able to use chatbots to automate that, we've been able to be mindful of our costs while still actually giving people the real-time information they need. So I think as machine learning and natural language processing gets much better, we're going to see chatbots be a, a big, big factor in how a lot of companies interact with their prospects and their customers. And what's really cool is that you see this across the different avenues of your customer experience. It's easy for us in the room as marketers to think just about that marketing bucket. But between, across marketing, sales, and customer support, people want chatbots. They want fast. They want easy. We are in an era of convenience, an era of ease. And the great thing about this technology is it allows people to get what they want as fast as possible, as easily as possible. Another piece of really cool data as we kind of dive into specifics here, look at the growth in voice search. Man, you went from 9% of people using voice search once a week in, 20, in, in the early part of 2016 to 38% in the late part of 2016. And we've done new survey data recently, and that's even higher now. Well, the adoption of things like Google Home, Alexa, has really driven up people's familiarity with things like voice search. I think that's only going to be a trend for marketers, and that's going to change how we think about search, we think about discovery, we think a lot about our marketing tactics. The TLDR of this whole talk, by the way, is consumers change. And your job as a marketer is to understand and look at consumer change and adjust your strategy and your technology to meet that consumer change. That's your whole job. That is my whole job. It's what I try to wake up and think about every single day. And I know if I have a good day and I do that, that I'm going to be more successful tomorrow and a year from now. The cool thing here is that something like a little bit on the mature side, like machine learning in this part of the AI space, wow, you are getting real, specific, narrow, practical technology being developed for all parts of like marketing and sales and customer service. That is awesome. We are starting to get in a place where we're going to be using a lot of really interesting technology going forward for very specific opportunities. I'm going to do a, like a gross simplization right now. This is the, the summary of how you should think about like, your machine learning opportunity. So do you have a lot of data and do you have old problems? Like that's, the intersection of those things is really where machine learning kicks in. A lot of people in this room have big databases. They've, they've partnered with vendors. There's dirtiness in there. But we've also got these, the, those are actually an opportunity in the age of machine learning. We've also got these kind of same old problems, like how are we actually going to make our marketers more productive? How are we actually going to change our results? And I think that is the opportunity for machine learning, is that we're going to have very tactical things, optimizing ad budget, optimizing our content for search engines, for voice search, personalizing our content across channels. Those are the things that we're going to see in a very tactical way that's going to impact marketing over the next couple of years. All right. So kind of finishing up a little bit, the hype. This is what I wish I would have known over the last several years. So I'm going to save you all hopefully a few years of pain, which is like, you know you're getting hype and not what you need if the following is true. One, if what somebody is selling you or what you're investigating actually doesn't solve a known problem. 
If you're like, if you're like oh, this could be cool, bad, bad idea. Just, just back away. Just back away. Say, oh, I, it's going to be cool. No, back away. It's not, not going to work for you. I have lived, lived that battle. Uh, if somebody sells you like, oh, you're going to be an early adopter, as like, that's why you should do this, no, we've, we've understood that there's enough risk in being an early adopter that timing does matter here, and you don't want to be on the far early side of that adoption scale. And vague details. The, the, the internal joke we have about a lot of AI is like you talk to companies who are working on it, and it's like, oh, it's proprietary. Can't talk to you about it. It's like, dude, if you can't talk to me about it, I'm sorry, I'm not going to use it. I got to understand anything I'm going to use. I don't need to know the, the intricacies of it, but I need to understand just the broad level infrastructure and how you're thinking about it and how it's going to get better. The reality of the situation is if you want to be focused, this is how you should think about it. If, you, if it's a solution to a problem you've al always had, then that's an interesting thing to invest in. There are things, like think about database cleaning and data cleanliness, for example. That is a that is a decades-long marketing problem and sales problem. If somebody can provide a materially better solution to the crappy ones we have today, like, man, that is worth it. That is interesting. If they let you speak with customers like yourself who've already seen value and kind of been through it, that's a really good sign because you're not on that far edge of the early adopter spectrum. They provide very clear direction to you on what they can do versus what you need and what you're looking for from them. And I think the, the best thing here is it has real upside. Like, you got to look at it and be like, oh my God, all right. Like, that is big. Like, I can hire less people or I can spend my money very differently. It is a material change in, like, how I think about doing the work that I'm doing. And I think that is the opportunity we have. If you're going to make an investment, it needs to have that kind of return to actually make the time and effort worthwhile. Because even if it's great technology, it's still going to take time and effort on your team, and the upside needs to be worth it for you. All right, so in our last couple of minutes, how do we start placing our bets? The AI use cases to watch. I'm going to go ahead and just build out the slides, so I'll get back real quick, so that everything's out there. I think right now we've got some cool stuff there's some decent technology out there around predictive lead scoring, how you optimize your content for search engine optimization, how you optimize your ad spend. I think if you're out looking for stuff right now, those are some categories where there's interesting stuff. I think in the, in the kind of shorter term, we're going to get better about content personalization, audience segmentation, optimizing for search and voice. Like I think AWS is going to make a bunch of advancements. I think other technology providers are going to make some advancements there. It's going to be great. Longer term, one to two years, I think voice bots and, and voice in general is going to be a huge, huge opportunity. And I think chat bots are going to go from kind of NLP workflow chat bots to being really AI-powered chat bots that have the opportunity to drive a lot more improvement for our business and for the way we engage our customers. The cool thing here is consumers are used to this already, right? 63% of consumers use AI without like really being actively aware of it across these major tools and major platforms. So as you make these changes, whether you're in a niche B2B environment or in a consumer environment, your, your customers, they're going to be used to it and they're going to want it. And I think that is a great, great place to be in. We're seeing a ton of scale. You see this across Facebook ads, Shopify. We're seeing this across our base of SMBs around the world at HubSpot. It's pretty awesome what's happening out in the world today. So when I think about AI and I think about the future, I think you all are at the right time. The things that you, I want to leave you with is be very thoughtful about how and when you make investments. 
I think there are some smart investments you can make today. I think there are probably 10x not smart investments you can make today, dumb investments you can make today. So spot the bullshit, know what is real and what's not, try to follow a little bit of this framework. It's been awesome to talk with you today. Thanks so much for having me. It's been awesome to be in Amsterdam today. Thank you.